I'm Chris Epting, and this is Roadside Baseball, the podcast. On today's podcast, I speak with someone who I consider to be a true kindred spirit. This is a guy who completely understands the magic of, of traveling the country in search of baseball history, especially when it comes to ballparks, both, both major league and minor league. His name is Bob Busser, and he's a wonderful photographer. In fact, this July, he's going to be honored at the Baseball Reliquary Induction Ceremony. He's going to be receiving the 2019 Tony Salen Memorial Award, which I'll talk to him a little bit about later. But some background on Bob, the, the Reliquary put together a really nice bio on him that I want to read from here. Bob said that he was a transistor radio kid of the 1960s. Quote, I would fall asleep with the radio under my pillow listening to Vince Scully describe as only he could Connie Mack Stadium, Forbes Field, Crosley Field, and others. I had to see the baseball palaces, unquote. And and I totally understand, again, where Bob is coming from. It's what roadside baseball is all about. So anyhow, Bob continues. His first real road trip was in 1976. His parents took him to Boston. It was the bicentennial that year. And while the rest of the family went to see uh, a parade in Boston with the Queen of England, Bob fortunately got to go to Fenway Park for the first time. And that's really where he was bitten by the bug, this idea of, of having to go travel and, uh, and find these baseball palaces. 43 years later, Bob's quest continues. One of the preeminent ballpark and arena historians, he has photographed over 900 venues in those 43 years and has amassed an immense archive of over 75,000 images. Uh, sometimes the venues are brand new. Other times they are falling apart. It really doesn't matter. He, he kind of like me, it doesn't, if you're on that site, that location, it doesn't matter what kind of shape the place is. And the fact is the history took place there. And many of Bob's photos have appeared in books and magazines and exhibitions. He actually has a wonderful website you can check out, which is ballparks.smugmug.com, where you can look over his uh, treasure trove of archives. Bob lives in the Bay Area today with his wife, and that's where he joins me from. I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Uh, again, Bob totally understands the magic of baseball and history and travel and getting on the road. He has dedicated so much of his life to it. I really wanted to talk to him and uh, hope you enjoy our conversation. Bob, you, you really are a kindred spirit. You know, I do think there are ballpark people in the world that um, that are um, – almost religiously affected when they walk into a green, a green cathedral. And, and, you know, I looking over all that you've done um, over the decades, I mean, a really impressive body of work. To me, the real pulse that ticks through it all is this idea that it's the ballparks that keep coming you back. I mean, that's, that's in yep. your blood, isn't it? It is, because I, I believe this, um, like we were talking earlier, um, I was a, a transistor radio kid of the 60s, was listening to Vince Scully with the transistor radio under my pillow, and he would describe, I was, you know, eight, nine years old, and he would describe, you know, Carney Mac Stadium, Candlestick Park, and all these ballparks, and, and as a little kid, I was like, I got to see these places, and when you walk into a ballpark, um, I'll give you a perfect example, I took my wife to, in O2 to Yankee Stadium, old Yankee Stadium for the first time, and the first thing she said, we walked in, and she goes, Babe Ruth played here. Yeah. Mickey Mantle played here. It, it gets you. We took my mother-in-law, who was uh, battling cancer, and unfortunately she's no longer with us, but in 2013 we took her to New England, and she wanted to see Fenway Park, and she wanted to see some of my images hanging in Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame. 
And so we get to Fenway Park and we walk in, uh, we're doing the tour and she grabs my arm and she looks at me and she goes, this is so surreal. Now I know why you love this place. And I said, this is home. Fenway Park is home to me. Uh, it, it speaks to you. You know, it doesn't matter where it is. It could be Fenway. It could be, um, you know, uh, Potter County Stadium, an old dilapidated ballpark in Amarillo. Someone somewhere loves that ballpark. For They went there on their first date. They met their wife there. They, they Their dad took them. They, they went with their buddies. Um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like a religion with some of these places, um, you know, cause you get into the famous ones like, uh, um, say a Chicago stadium or the Montreal forum or, uh, uh, Fenway Park or Wrigley Field and people go nuts. You know, it's like, Oh my God. Well, it's, it's funny. Uh, place I, that... You know, a, I go don't, re- I don't remember you being my brother growing up, but clearly, <laughs> clearly you were there. We just have to figure out what happened. Um, Didn't you hang out with me at Tommy's uh, down there uh, by Dodger Stadium and well, grab well, you a know what's funny? I grew, up, I grew up in New York, and, and to your wife's point, I used to go – like I was raised a Met fan but a fan of Yankee Stadium. So when I would go to the old Yankee Stadium uh, as a kid before they redid it in 73 – in fact, I was at the game in 73, the last game of the season before they shut it down, which, which was all hell broke loose, and they let you basically carry out whatever you could take. Um, but it was a different era because the place was only half full. You know, this hadn't uh, – this sensibility hadn't really kicked in yet, this nostalgia and this wistfulness for ballparks. But what I used to think going into old Yankee Stadium is th- that's the facade and all the old Babe Ruth photos. You know, that's that same facade mm-hmm. up here that you see. Well, I wonder, when you were a kid, would you imagine being on a Little League field that you were at the Polo Grounds or Ebbets Field? Because that was my whole thing is I would literally in my head sort of place myself in those parks. Well, I grew up in uh, Southern California. I, as a youngster, I grew up in Buena Park, and then we moved to Fullerton, where I spent most of my youth. Um, and my, our buddies and I would play the games. My favorite player was Carl Yastrzemski. I had his batting stance, the whole thing. And, you know, we, we would we would play uh, our version of stickball in the street, which, you know, isn't the way it was in New York. We used a bat and, like, a tennis ball. Right. And we would, you know, we'd be playing at Tiger Stadium, or somebody would pick a ballpark, and that's what we would play at, you know. And, and you would be um, – you know, whoever you would be, Frank Howard or, or Willie Mays or Hank Aaron or you know any of the any of the superstars in the '60s, Frank Robinson. You know uh, these guys, and I always pick Yaz because uh, I just he played the game the way the game was supposed to be played. I know he's a bit aloof. I understand that he's just a very shy man, but um, Yaz gave it everything he had. I mean, for all those years, and that's what I looked for, and that's what. I like to see in a player somebody who does that, just gives it their all, you know, and uh, gives their body to and their, their soul to the game. Bob, let me ask you, one thing I get asked a lot, and I'm curious about with you, What if, if there were two or three ballparks that you could have visited but did not, that just predated us, what would be the two or three, if you could go back in time and visit based on old photos and, and you know, experiences you've read about? Believe it or not, number one with me, most people would say, oh, it's Ebbets Field, right? And I said, no, that's number two. And they look at me, and I say, number one, and I don't know why this ballpark has always fascinated me. I've been there. It's a church now with Bull Pontiac Stadium. Mm-hmm. And, of course, five blocks to the east was, you know, the the garbage scow that was Baker Bowl. I mean, it, it came in as, as a palace in the late 1800s, and it went out. Was a thud. It but, did, but uh, hey, Babe Ruth played his last, took his last at bat there, so that's worth something, right? 
Exactly, and you know that's that's obviously where they had the the famous the sign the Phillies used life for, and they still stink. Right. Uh, it was on the right field wall, and uh, I mean I, I've read the history of Baker Bowl, and it's like today that you couldn't get near that park. They would they would have condemned that thing ten years before it even closed. It was that bad. All right, so Connie so, uh, Mack, Connie, Connie Mack, aka Shibe, that's number one for you. Yes, absolutely. I don't know why. Um, I, I, I remember as a kid listening to uh, Vin calling the game against the Phillies, and Ricardo Joseph hit a grand slam off of, I forget who he hit it off of, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And I think he might have hit it in the upper deck, and that, for some reason that clicked. And I started, you know, when I was older, I did research, and I found photos, and it's almost like I'd been there, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, a second would have been Ebbets Field because, you know, it was much like uh, – um, uh, the original Comiskey Park, it was built on a garbage dump called Pigtown. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like the old ballparks, there was no parking. That's, you know, basically what doomed a lot of these old parks. Um, there was no place to park your car. As you know, growing up in New York, I mean, when you, when you even if you went to Yankee Stadium, most people took the train in, right. you know, because there's no parking. It's, it's like at Wrigley and Fenway, there is no parking. And what would be third if you had to pick a third? I think it might be it might be a combination of three if I can do that. Fort sure. Field, mm-hmm. uh, Crosley Field, and the Polo Grounds. I thought the Polo Grounds was the coolest looking ballpark. Looked like a giant bathtub. That's the one <laughs> you know? for me. You know, it's funny because I that was torn down just a couple of years after I was born, and I would always pester my dad and say, "Do you think my eyes, my two year old eyes, could have seen it? You know, would we ever have driven <laughs> past it?" Because I wanted to know if it could have maybe recorded an image in my brain. And and similarly, similarly with Ebbets Field, you know, I had a lot of family that grew up going there, and I, you know, going back and seeing the apartments today. I mean, I I collect chairs from all ballparks. In fact, right here in my office. Oh my God, you are, you are my brother. I'm I'm actually looking at. Uh... My Chicago Stadium seat and my Detroit Olympia seat in my office in my home. <laughs> there you go. Um, you mentioned yeah. Connie Mack, and I have a red Connie Mack right here, and and I love that I love that seat. And you know, it's frustrating because we were of age where we probably we could have seen Connie had we been this passionate as ballpark right. collectors back then. We could have probably snuck in at least the the ruins of Forbes and Crosley. It pains me to think that we were you know of, of age, at least as teenagers, and that those things were. Sitting there falling apart, but but that's a pretty good that's a pretty good lineup of ballparks to have wanted to see. What about ones today? I mean, Bob, your your travels obviously we can't break it down in one conversation. But in terms of ballparks today that impress you that that feel like they evoke some piece of magic of the parks no longer here. What what are a few of the ones that uh, you, you walk into today and get a, a sense of say say calm and awe? You know that you're you feel comfortable where you are, but also awestruck that they that the designer understood what we wanted as ballpark people i think the first one that comes to mind i'm gonna i'm gonna eliminate um fenway park and Wrigley field because those are those fair are enough they're untouchable absolutely two, two yeah, best you can't, yeah, it, and i like what they're doing uh the uh, real quick the first time i went to uh fenway park was in july of 76 for my high school graduation my mom was from new england and it was the first time she'd been back since 1945 so uh, my cousins, it was a Sunday afternoon, hot and humid as hell, and uh, shocking in July in New England, right? Um, and uh, they decided to go see the Queen of England in a parade, a bicentennial <laughs> parade. I went to Fenway Park. I got the better of the deal. Absolutely. But Fenway back then was not in great shape. It was a dump. It really was. And they fixed it up. But, but the modern parks, um, the first one that comes to mind is really the first retro park, and that's uh, Camden Yards in Baltimore. I, yeah, and, it's, it's a great one. And then. 
and then uh, um, Oracle, they, the Giants keep changing the name every five years, it seems like. But, you know, ATT Oracle, that that is another way. Because you've got – what they've done is, you know, um, these parks like Oracle and, and a lot of the parks in Camden Yards were built in areas that you didn't go to. Um, my father-in-law used to tell me in San Diego where Petco was, nobody went there. It was bad. And now, you know, they, they've embraced the city, and it's all a fabric of that area. It, the ballpark is built into that area, and the, the areas are great now. I mean, China Basin up here in San Francisco, nobody went there. It was just a bunch of dilapidated, boarded-up warehouses. Now you've got, you know, multimillion-dollar condos right next to the ballpark and restaurants, and it's a place people want to go. Mm-hmm. It's a great baseball environment, too. It really is. Absolutely it is. It's, uh, you know, even though the Giants are not very good this year. Well, you know what, but but don't you find, Bob, that, I mean, for me, it's it's not always about the team. Look, it's great to have a winning team, but but if the ballpark is, is a great experience, that, for me, really supersedes any other part of the experience. Because I can tell, and if, for those of you that want to go check out Bob's photos, that, Bob, the actual address is ballparks.smugmug.com. Yes, yes, it is. You know, I what and I love. There's, there's over a thousand, there's over a thousand slideshows, so be prepared. Well, but, but what's really great, order. what you do that's so terrific, I think, is you 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 go the unexpected route. Yes, you get the great sweeping panoramas and the exteriors and all that, but you also take us inside the ballparks. And look, I'm a ballpark wanderer. I don't like staying more than an inning or two in a seat. And you bring you all are of my those. Brother those angles and perspectives and things, which I think are really important. The first thing I do entering a ballpark is find out, are we allowed to wander? Are we allowed to check out lots of different perspectives? And your camera eye takes us to all those perspectives, which really I think does create, you know, a great sense of being there. That's, that's what your lens does. It's a, you know, it's a very thorough, comprehensive view of a ballpark, not just the usual shots. That's what uh, many people have emailed me and uh, messaged me on Facebook with my Facebook page. They say, and I get, it's, it's not almost word for word, but basically what they're saying is, thank you. You've, you've shown us inside. We see these ballparks and these arenas and these stadiums through your eyes and your vision, places we can't get to anymore, like Tiger Stadium in Detroit. Right. People, you know, and and the, one, the, the one question I'm asked most is, what are the clubhouses like? And I always tell them, you do not want to go into one after a game because it is rife. I mean, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but I said, uh, nowadays, they're, they're nicer than your house. But back in the day, I mean, Dodger Stadium, uh, first time I was in Dodgers uh, Stadium's clubhouse, Dodgers Clubhouse was in, I think, the late 80s. And I walked in, I couldn't believe how small it was. Yeah. I mean, it was like a closet. And now they've expanded it. But the Fenway Parks Clubhouse is very small. Wrigley just redid theirs with the Cubs, and now they redid the visitors. But... Um, um, when I walked into Tiger Stadium, uh, I, I got in through the Baseball Hall of Fame in uh, 03. Um, they had shut it down, but they weren't letting anybody in. And up through the city of Detroit, they were with me the whole way, so I couldn't borrow anything, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, we, the, word I, the word I use is liberate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but I'm walking in, and we go into the Tigers Clubhouse, and it was – it was in. I mean, the, the images are on my website. It was in rough shape. It was bad because it, it neglect. But I thought this is really small. You know, how do you get twenty five guys in here after a game? And now you know that these clubhouses, like I said, are, are so big. But that's the difference in today's game and the way it was years ago. Everything was in moderate, small. Right. Um, like at the old Olympia in Detroit, the the players had to go through the. Uh, uh, the the um, concourse to get to the uh, the uh, dressing room, which was on the outside of the Olympia. It was a building that was built 
on the outside. So they literally had to rope it off and you see Gordy Howe and, and Terry Sawchuk and all these guys walk right across the, the concourse into the, into the club or the locker room. Amazing. But that's, that's where it is different today. Uh, accessibility too is a lot different now than it was when we were kids. Hey Bob, you mentioned um, San Francisco and, and Camden and Baltimore. What are a couple of other modern day experiences that for you still excite you as a fan and, and feel like you're being spoiled in terms of design and environment in a ballpark? Um, Pittsburgh, PNC Park is awesome. I mean, you've got the view. If you have a nice night, and the, the two times I've been there, it's been pouring rain, so I haven't really seen, you know, the nice, clear, bright evening dusk, you know, when, when the road of many bridges lit up and downtown Pittsburgh is lit up, and, and it's a, it's an awesome view. It's it's uh, somewhat like uh, um, Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati where, where you're viewing the Ohio River and you see Kentucky on the other side mm-hmm. from the ballpark. And AT&T, you see the hills of Oakland and and uh, uh, the Bay Bridge. Um, it that it, it just it, it almost makes you feel like you know something is is right with the world when you can say, have a view like that and still have a beer and, and eat a hot dog and watch a baseball game. You know the, the views really complement the ballpark. And the one thing I have noticed in the newer parks, as opposed to I'll use Candlestick Park, the concourses are so much quieter, which is you know it, when you get you know forty thousand people in a small concourse, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think of um, of the newer? I want to say newer because it's ten years old now. But Yankee Stadium uh, compared to what you experienced at the remodeled stadium across the street there. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna irritate a lot of people with this, but I did not like it. I was there for the first time last October uh, at the end of the season, the last Yankee home game of the season, and um, I was not impressed. I mean, it, we uh, my friends and I dove to the mall park. Uh, it's just. If you want to go to a baseball game, watch the game. You don't need roped off areas where they've got, you know, TVs and, uh, you know, a bar. And you, you can't even see the game, but you can't get in it because you don't have this VIP ticket or whatever. Right, right. And, you know, most people, ninety, I'd say 99% of the fans who go to a baseball game uh, are probably like you and I. They want to go watch the game and eat a hot dog and have a Coke or a beer or whatever and watch the game. They don't want to be sitting in some five-star restaurant you know, or be seen. They want to go in their shorts and a t-shirt or their gear, you know, their, their Mets jerseys or their Red Sox cap or whatever. Um, and I, I was not impressed. Um, it's big. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought old Yankee stadium, um, like I told many people, they, they tore down a living history museum when they tore it down. I mean, come on. I there still, is no more famous funny. arena in me, the world than Yankee Stadium. Yeah, part of me still doesn't believe that they tore it down and that they didn't repurpose at least part of it. I mean, at least keep keep a part of the shell with the actual feel for high school or college. I mean, it, it really was a loss, and I, I'm still sort of stunned that New Yorkers let that happen. Uh, you'd never see that in Chicago or Boston. I, I don't think with Dodger Stadium either, actually. Um, I don't think many more not everyone may be aware that today angel stadium is the fourth oldest ballpark in the majors. Does it surprise you yep. that, that the third, fourth and fifth oldest ballparks are, are in California today? Uh, well, when you think about it, I mean, you know, you don't think about it offhand right away. And then you start thinking and going, wait a minute, candlestick is gone. Yep. Um, you know, County stadium in Milwaukee, it's gone, you know, and then you start doing all everything, you know, uh, they don't use RFK stadium anymore. Um, right. From what I heard, it, it may be torn down. Um, it's in pretty bad shape. And um, it, it, then you think, oh, my God, Dodger Stadium is the third oldest. And I'm older than Dodger Stadium, so, I mean, what does that make me, you know? It's amazing. Yeah. And then from, I think, from Oakland, you jump over to Kansas City all of a sudden, you know, Kaufman, and it's there's a real gap there. And, 
you know, the fact that what, what really gets me, and I wonder your take on it, that how we cycle through ballparks now, the fact that the park in Arlington is not going to be used <laughs> anymore and it opened in the early 1990s you know what happened in atlanta i mean you've got ballparks now that have a 20-year lifespan or less in some cases well the same thing with the georgia dome they had to tear it down to build mercedes whatever they call it mercedes-benz stadium or whatever it is i mean come on really uh a, a, a venue that's used what how many maybe um 30 times a year, 40 times a year, yeah. unless they have their, you know, their auto shows or tractor pulls or whatever. But I'm talking about concerts and events. I mean, it, it, you're right. It's like, uh, I was never a fan of Turner Field, to be honest with you. I did not like it. I've been there several times. I never liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, Fulton County Stadium better. I mean, it, yeah, it, it just, I, I agree. It, it was I the agree. launching pad, you know. I mean, come on, Hank Aaron played there. And, um, you know, the, the one in Arlington, that really irritates me. The, the ballpark, it was opened in uh, 94. And um, it's 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 almost like a disposable lighter now, you know. Oh, yeah. that is used. Let's throw it away. It, yeah, it's, it's very stupid. strange. I, now they are going to keep. It sounds like it's going to remain at least for some kind of use. Um, but it's uh, but it's a weird thing. But one of the things I like to focus on in the in roadside baseball and something that's always fascinated me since I was a kid was going back to where ballpark sites used to be. I know that you get this as well. What are some of the sites that you like or you find interesting? Or where there's sort of you know a little bit of buried treasure when you go back and find a, a piece of a wall or something. Are there certain sites that you like in particular going back and sort of retracing where ballparks used to be? Well, yeah, the, uh, Forbes Field comes to mind because it was bought by the University of Pittsburgh, and they put some some uh, uh, buildings where Forbes was. But they've got Roberto Clemente uh, Way or whatever it is right. right through the middle of where Forbes was, and you still have the wall where Mass hit the ball over the wall, and they have their ceremony there every year. You know, yep. the Pirates won the World Series. And home plate and, is on, home plate is there as well. It's not the exact yeah. spot, but it's pr- pretty close. It is pretty close. It's in I believe it's called Posler Hall. It's in. Uh, plexiglass and it's right there and it, i think it's the most photographed thing at the university of pittsburgh um everybody comes in and you know they've got a little memento there i was just there in october and you know they've got the uh, photos of, of old forbes field where what used to be there and the thing about the old ballparks like forbes field and connie mack it like i said earlier it was built into the community like a lot of these newer ones are that are built downtown and it, they had the mom and pop, um, you know, uh, sausage stands or peanut stands outside the ballparks. They had uh, like Forest Field had an auto dealership in it. You know, yeah. uh, when Fenway Park in Fenway Park in the left field corner, there used to be a bowling alley. So you know, it was <laughs> almost like a multi-purpose stadium before they even came right, into being. Right. You know, um, and you know, again, that's what killed the old parks. There was no parking, and people took. They had the trolleys. Uh, like at uh, Connie Mack Stadium and Ebbets Field, that dropped you off right there. What are some they don't of, have that anymore. They're gone. Besides Forbes, what are, what are a couple of other kind of diamonds in the dust that you appreciate or have photographed or have, have just left you feeling better for having visited? Uh, actually, Baker Bowl, believe it or not, that's another one that's fascinated me. I mean, you know, it's it, it had a bad reputation, but, it, I, I mean, North Philadelphia, even today, is, you don't go there at night. Uh, yeah, it, I know. It, I know. It's, it's pretty bad. It's brutal. But you know, they have the the uh, the thing the um, the my uh, the uh, um, monument out there that says you know uh, Baker Bowl was here. They have a marker for Connie Mack Stadium, mm-hmm. and Connie Mack Stadium is another one. You know, it's kind of like it's gone full full circle because most of us 
view baseball parks or arenas or stadiums is cathedrals. And now Connemac Stadium, the site is a church. So it's kind of like come full circle. Well, that's the and, best uh, poetic justice of all of them. I, I agree with exactly. you. The fact that there's a church there is perfectly appropriate. And then, then you know, if, if you explore Brooklyn, uh, um, you know, uh, Abe Stark sign, you know, hit the, hit the suit, win a sign, uh, hit the sign, win a suit. Nobody ever hit the suit, uh, the sign with Duke Snyder out there. But I went, uh, I think it's 1311 Avenue. I went over there and it's now like a bargain store, but I photographed it. And that's, that's the thing about the older parks. They had character, Yeah. you know, they had their, they had their characters. You know, you had Hilda Chester at, uh, at, uh, at, uh, at uh, Ebbets Field with her cowbell. You know, you had the Dodgers Symphony. You had these characters of the game, and everybody in that neighborhood, whether it was in Cincinnati or Philadelphia or Brooklyn or wherever, they they felt a part of the team. It's not like that today. You know, no, you had ball, you know, you had players that would take the the subway to the game, and there was a lot of. You're right. I mean, there was a lot of interaction, and um, you know, you had a lot of great. I miss sports nicknames, and a lot of times because sports writers Absolutely. would actually travel on the train with teams. There was a you know there was a closeness and a brethren, and they could they could pick up on idiosyncrasies and 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 give those nicknames out. And you're right, a lot of those more colorful aspects. There's really no place for them today. Well, part of the problem is too now. It, it seems like most of the mainstream media is. It's almost like a feeding frenzy. They're looking for the negativity. You know, it's not. You know, um, all the. You know, David Ortiz got shot last week. That was that was terrible. And you know, um, they they don't focus on they they focus on 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 um, you know the guy getting busted for steroids or this or that or, or you know they don't focus like back in the day most of that stuff. You know, um, if uh, a player was, um, ha- you know, had a girlfriend in another city, nobody said a word. Now it's, you know, Inquirer News. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's like they're looking for that story to bust somebody. And that, that, and I can understand why the players don't want to talk and they're jaded. I understand that. There was, there was that unwritten rule back in the day where you just, you know, what's, what goes here stays here. You know, what, you know, it's like the, What's that saying in Vegas? What, what's done in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yes. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> exactly. Did um, Have you ever been to the former site of Crosley Field in Cincinnati? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. That's another good one, yeah. too, I think. They've done a good job there, especially recently, of putting in some, some new seats and some new plaques. and re- They really give you a sense of where things were. It's an industrial park today, as you know, but... Uh, but I think they've done a good job. There's a, a group of people there that have a little walking tour and a map, and they really do celebrate the area. There's, I think it's a good place for any fan to visit um, before or after a current Reds game because of what they've done there. And, again, I think the spirit of the park is still there as a result of, look, it's always people. These are labors of love, right, people that get those markers put up and, and commemorate these sites. You know, the, the good folks at Sabre do so much of this in terms of plaque recognition and, and monuments and markers. And, you know, if you can't have the park there, it is nice to have something waiting for you, don't you think? Absolutely. And I, I just put a poll on my Facebook page. And um, I said, do you think there should be a marker where, where these ballparks and arenas used to be? And uh, I think it's close to 200 have said yes, and I have over 5,000 members now. Uh, and there's three guys that said no, and I'd really want to ask them, why? <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, you, you need to celebrate where these places were. Bob, what's there's, the Facebook page, like by the way? What's the name of the Facebook page? Um, it's Ballpark Stadiums and Arenas of the Past and Present. Okay. 
That's a great, That's great a uh, forum for people to share stories like this and memories like this and, and images like yours, which, again, have been so, you know, so well celebrated that you're getting honored uh, this July by the Baseball Reliquary, Baseball Reliquary. Talk about that a little bit because, you're, like I said, you're getting a, a special recognition this July. And uh, talk, talk about that and what it was like to hear that news. Well, um, Cher- I, 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 Cherry reached out to me a few years ago and asked me to be a moderator on his page because he had seen my page and we'd been talking back and forth. Terry Cannon, and, of course, is the founder of the Baseball Reliquary and a, a great baseball mind who certainly knows how to celebrate everything from the sublime to the ridiculous. Terry gets it. <laughs> exactly. And, and he likes rock and roll, so it's all good, you know? Um, but I got an email from Terry and he said uh, something to the effect of, uh, Bob, we just want to let you know that you've uh, been, uh, you're going to be receiving this award for your, your uh, lifetime of dedication of in documenting and, and being a historian of all these ballparks and arenas. And I just, I, my jaw dropped. I had no idea. It was, and I called my wife and she was so excited. So, um, you know, it, it's nice to be recognized. Um, I am in the baseball hall of fame and I've been in it for 25 years. Um, um, some of my images are hanging in the ballpark exhibit, and they have most of my ballpark photos in their archives. But it, it, it's nice to contribute and, and keep something alive. It's not always about the players or what this guy did or what this guy didn't do or this guy got busted for steroids or whatever. Um, this celebrates something a little different. And even I have a lot of ex-players that are on the site, and they really appreciate what I do because, you know, they're older now, and it brings back a lot of memories of, hey, I play there. I remember that, you know, or, or that's a great shot of right field where I used to patrol when I played for the Tigers or whoever. So it, it I, I – I've, I've wanted to do this for years, and uh, when when Terry uh, told me about this, it was like, wow, you know, I, it's great to be recognized for something that that I have a passion for, and and this is it. I mean, uh, you know, uh, it, it, I get it. I even to this day, going into a new ballpark or on a college campus somewhere, I still get a big charge out of seeing something new or for the first time, and and really exploring it and taking you know hundreds of photos of one 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 venue. And it's it's not just the major leagues. Obviously, there. Are, if people don't know, there are some terrific, really historic minor league parks. I mean, if you want to walk into a place where Babe Ruth played in this day and age, it's a lot, a lot easier to do it in a minor league park than it is a major league park. Because outside of Wrigley and Fenway, that's about it. But you do have uh, some some terrific minor league parks around the country that are just you know brimming with history and, and legends and great local lore. Exactly, and the one that comes to mind right away is Rickwood Field in Birmingham, where they have the Rickwood Classic. And David Brewer is a friend of mine. He runs the Rickwood Field. And I was there three years ago, and he goes, Bob, you got carte blanche. Go wherever you want. Here's the keys to the locker room. Have fun. And I was there <laughs> most of the day. And, you know, we stop and chat. And, and he goes, I know you're going to do a great job with the images and put it on your site. And, you know, it's free advertising for them, but it, it also it also brings up a little boy. And, you know, sure. you, you walk into a locker room and you're like, Babe Ruth, Willie May is dressed in here. Hank Aaron dressed in here. You know, and, and everything goes through your mind. Who's played here? You know, uh, uh, you know all the greats from the past. And one of my favorite places uh, is Old Spar Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana. It uh, first time I saw it was in '89, I believe, and they had, they had left it um, in '85 to move to uh, the uh, Fairgrounds Field, which is now abandoned and and inhabited by bats and not the kind you swing, the flying bats. So oh. it's it's kind of run down, and they don't have ball, you know, uh, any minor league teams in Shreveport anymore. But this ballpark, you, you walk in, and it, it almost reminded you of 
the scene in Patton where he sees the battlefield and he knew what happened there and the music <laughs> playing that really eerie music. And I, I play that scene in my in. head. Any old ballpark site, it's, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> but it, it's true. You know, you walk into a ballpark like that and you're like, my, and you do the history and you go, my God, heck, Aaron actually played minor league ball here. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, and I still go to this park every time I visit it. And the first time I was there, it was really dilapidated. And I got some of my best imagery of it. And they've torn down most of the grandstands because it, it literally was falling down. I mean, one good gust of wind and it would have come down. So they had to redo it for safety reasons. And they use it for like a legion ball, and, you know, high school ball and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that to me is a lot of fun. Well, Bob, you like I said, for folks that want to check out uh, ballparks.smugmug.com, they can really immerse themselves in your in your impressive work over these decades. I mean, a tip of the hat to you, man. I, I can't wait to see you at the Reliquary um, festivities in July. I think we'll have a lot of fun. I look forward to meeting you. I Again, I, I applaud your passion and your intensity and, and just the uh, – you know the the fan in you never never goes away. You know you, you're shooting as a fan. You're shooting in in one part exactly. as like a little kid. You're getting the angles that every kid dreams of, and the little nooks and corners and crannies and all the places we think about. And and for that, you know that's a real it's it, it's an amazing thing you've given the world. And uh, you know again more, more recognition to you. I'd love to go to a game with you sometime and and record one of these in real time, or we can go wander a ballpark and bring that one of these places great. to life for people. You know, but congratulations. We, we, we mean our wives may divorce us, but we, that would be great. You know? Trust me, I'm sure they're ballparks. both used to it at this point. You know, uh, my, I dragged my wife Noreen to so many ballparks and arenas, and and she knows. I'll just say, "Honey, I'm getting up. I'll be, I'll be back in a little bit," and she'll go, "Uh huh." You know, and an hour <laughs> later, I come back. But she is such a baseball fan. That's how we met was over baseball. So, um, you know, I married the right woman, and she loves sitting in a ballpark. Doesn't matter where it is. You know, we've been, we've been, I can't tell you how many ballparks she and I have been together, but she likes it. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it, it's an escape, you know, from the real world and all the crap that's going on in this world. Always. It's an escape. There, no, I don't know if you agree. I don't think there's a bad ballpark uh, on earth. I really don't. Some are better than others, but put me in a, in a ballpark um, with green grass and, and that dirt. And you know what? I really don't. When I when I read about, I saw an article the other day online where it was like the, the five ballparks to avoid, five major league ballparks to avoid at any cost. And I thought, you know what? It's still a major league ballpark. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? There's no, you know, again, again, some are better than others. But come on, at the end of the day, these are all impressive facilities. And whether you're wandering through an old uh, abandoned Astrodome or whether you're a Camden Yard or the New Yankee Stadium, wherever it happens to be, these are special places where people gather. And like you said at the beginning of this chat, people saw their first game. They saw their last game there. I mean, everything in between. Yep. These stadiums are the places that hold us together and, and connect all of our dots growing up, you know, and whether we're at the game or watching it on TV or whatever, those are the places where these events happened. And to celebrate them as you have, is uh, is a wonderful thing. We're all indebted to you, and so congratulations well, on the award. That. And thank uh, you. And I look forward to meeting you in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, I will see you in uh, Pasadena, and um, I'm looking forward to meeting Terry. I talk, I talk to Terry at least once a week. Uh, we you know I, I just send him a bunch of minor league parts that they're going to display. So um, you know, well Terry, I can Terry tell you, I've known Terry a long time. He's he's better in person than he is on the phone. He is wonderful. He and his wife 
are, are great baseball people, and uh, I give uh, Terry a lot of credit for things that I do, his, his direction and his insights. He's, he's a brilliant baseball mind, but he's also got that sort of little bit of, of Bill Veck in him, that little bit of, of, of Finley where he's, he understands the absurd and why baseball can accommodate the absurd. You know what I mean? And, oh, and- I, I, absolutely. I mean, if, if Bill Beck were alive today, I'm sure that one thing he would regret was this disco demolition night at Comiskey Park. That, that just didn't go well. Yes. You know, and, and uh, you know, and 10 cent beer night at Old Cleveland Stadium when it turned into a riot against and, the Rangers. Yet, that and, that and, was not a good move. And Terry has, I believe, Bill Beck's wooden leg at the reliquary. So. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, which which works out perfectly. So maybe he'll show us that when you come down in July. But Bob, thank you for taking the time to talk, man. It's great to talk to a ballpark expert who's passionate, but more importantly, who gets out and really does something with his passion as you've done. Thank you, Chris. I look forward to seeing you too. And I want to thank photographer Bob Busser for joining me here on Roadside Baseball, the podcast, to talk about his wonderful. Uh, time spent these past decades as a ballpark photographer you can check out a lot of bob's work at ballparks.smugmug.com and it's a terrific site and he's got thousands of things there for you to look at and enjoy by the way the uh the event that he and i talk about a couple of times in the podcast the baseball reliquary induction ceremonies are sunday july 14th in pasadena california it's free it's open to the public i'll be giving the keynote there bob will be receiving his award there it's a great chance to hang out with some very cool baseball people so please join us if you can in the meantime i'm chris epting check out my book roadside baseball wherever books are sold and thank you for joining me on this edition of Roadside Baseball, the podcast.